the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boost to same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo, $57 SGPN gift card for every single bingo hit exclusively on the SGPN app. We're also brought to you by our 57 Bets Challenge, 57 prop bets in the contest. Winner gets $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the SGPN merch store exclusively on the SGPN app. And if you're going to be, no, never mind, because it's not Thursday anymore. So if you haven't, <laughs> if you didn't go, make sure you check out the video of the fellas doing their thing in the Ainsworth for the live show. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really, Ralph, and the Lord's Ralph Furman Jr. at your service on a Friday in the Association Day after the trade deadline. Got my guy Delonte Smith with me, North Carolina anti Aggie. Delonte, what's going on? Yeah, man, pretty good. Just, uh, man. It's a lot going on. There's a lot going on yesterday. So I'm just trying to keep track of it all and watch this buyout market to see who is getting bought. Um, but yeah, other than that, pretty good. Not bad. How about yourself? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got a few players on the buyout market. So that'd be something to look for as championship teams try to add a contender, mm-hmm. add somebody that can help further them as contender to their market. Uh, not going to talk too much on trade deadline. You guys did that yesterday. Just say that it was absolutely insane. Yep. And we have a large slate, so I want to get down to it. But ultimately, what, what I want to leave the people with first in this episode is the fact that, hey, look, 1-800-GAMBLER, that is like a very, very good number if you feel like you have to bet every game on the slate today. Like 1-800-GAMBLER is the number that you need to call because it's not the best time to be betting NBA right now. Just like you probably shouldn't be jumping all the way into it in the beginning of the season. You probably shouldn't be expecting these teams to look exactly what they look like before the trade deadline. There's a number of factors that play into this, and I'll break it down for you since you're here listening to me anyway. I'll just go ahead and break it down for you. So you have the teams that made moves, and now they – don't have the players that they got added to the team yet because they're probably just now joining the team, need a day or two to acclimate, practice, whatever, pass a physical, all of that, whole bunch of other stuff that goes on in a trade that we don't see. So you have those people. So those teams, they're probably not going to look like what they look like because they're probably playing with half a roster. Then if you look on the other side of coin, you have the teams that really didn't make any moves, but their players are so elated that they didn't make any moves and that they're actually still on the team (laughs) and that the monkey is off their back of the trade deadline and the fact that, hey, I'm not going anywhere for the rest of the season. I'm here. I can lock in and really play. Some of those players might actually get up a lot more than they normally do if you think about the bubble and everybody's saying everybody different in the bubble, everybody different in trade deadline. So I think that 
that's another demographic that you have to take into account. The players that are just going to absolutely go crazy because they they know their name was in the trade deadline and they're still there. Now they're trying to make, you know, prove that, hey, I deserve to be here and you made the right decision not trading me, blah, blah, blah. Then you have the players that are disgruntled that they were traded and they're not going to be locked in. And they're just sitting there going through the motions like, all right, you guys didn't want me in the first place. Why should I go all the way out? So it's a lot of different emotions, feelings, and all of this stuff that goes into players directly after the trade deadline, which makes this probably one of the tougher NBA slates to handicap because you really don't know what to expect from all of these teams. Some you do, some you don't. So uh, I'm personally not betting everything on this card. I may have a couple of system plays that I bet, but for the most part, take it easy, taking it easy, probably up and through the all-star break, come back after all-star, see how teams are looking. And then I'll be a hundred, a hundred percent locked in maybe the week after all-star and understanding what teams I'm seeing and what these new adjustments mean for those teams. All right. Other than that, I don't have anything else to kick us off with today. Let's just get into the sleep because we have 11 games in the association to talk about. Like six of them not worth talking about, though. First game six, you think so? Uh, we got okay. one. Let me see. I can see one, two, depending on who plays, three. Watch that be the games you, you get wrong. Right, right. Uh <laughs> Four. First game on the slate. Let's talk about the New York Knicks going to play the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. 76ers are laying minus five and a half. That line open and is staying true at five and a half. 223 and a half is the totals come up about four points. Two, no, come down about five points. Opened up mm-hmm. at 229, is now sitting at 223 and a half. Injury report for these two teams and Josh Hart. If they didn't talk about it yesterday, I don't know. I didn't listen, and uh, you know, yeah, we did. we, it's we just me. They didn't. They didn't talk about it. They, they, they are. I heard it in the side of his voice. They didn't talk about Josh Hart coming <laughs> to the Knicks that they probably should have. It's all right. It's okay, guys. I got you going forward. Josh Hart traded to the Knicks. He's more than likely not playing in this game again. Just got traded. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. And, well, no, because James Wiseman played last night. I think he started too. Wait, Mitchell Wiseman Robinson. Played? Wiseman? I'm pretty sure Wiseman played for the Pistons last night. I'm almost positive he's. Oh no, nah, the Pistons the Pistons played tonight. They didn't play last night. Oh okay. Well, no, Wiseman yeah. is starting. Okay, well we'll talk about that later then. Yeah. Uh, where where was I at? Okay, so Mitchell Robinson still on IR. You know that's about it for the Knicks. So Knicks relatively pretty clean because the players that they traded Cam Reddish, some other guys whose names I can't pronounce, but. <laughs> They really weren't in the lineup at all. So Nick's pretty clean. Expect to see the regular Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Jericho Sims. And for the 76ers, you have Joel Embiid, who was questionable with that foot injury. Jalen McDaniels from the Hornets, unlikely to play as he just got traded. And Matisse Thibel got traded as well. So no longer with the team. Expect to see James Harden, DeAnthony Melton, Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, maybe Joel Embiid with Maxi coming off the bench. All right. You are laying five and a half with the 76ers here at home. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, usually I would just lean to the team who just got beat like a few days ago. I think on the fifth they played each other. 
Um, and the Knicks won by double digits. Uh, they dominated actually Philly in the fourth quarter, outscoring them thirty-two to eighteen. I was about to say, yeah, they Philly was leading majority of that game and came yeah. back. They all, they, they, man. Yeah, they actually held Philly to uh, to two eighteen-point quarters. Um, I think it was the fourth and the second, maybe. Um, but I know they didn't score twenty points in either quarter. It's kind of like um, I've seen you guys went on with Adam, and I think he brought up a really, really good point about um, the Philly lineup, like how Doc does the lineup. And I think a lot of that is constructed in the first part of the lineup, where the second unit just can't score, and you know they expect the first unit to come back in, and you know they're you know got to get back, got to get their legs back from sitting on the bench for however many minutes. So they start off slow and try to finish a little bit stronger, but. Um, the Knicks are like pretty good on the road. Eight, well, really good on the road. Eighteen and nine uh, ATS on the road. They have been playing better defense. I know without um, without uh, Mitchell Robinson in the lineup that they were mm-hmm. trending down defensively. But the last two games, uh, they held their opponents to under 100 yards. Uh, I mean, under 100 yards, under 100 um, points, and they also held Miami to under under 110 points. And you know, I mean, Miami is not the best offensive team, but I mean, holding an opponent under 110 points in today's NBA is is pretty is a pretty big deal. Uh, I do like uh, some of the things for Philly. Uh, I know I mentioned a little revenge spot. Um, they are returning home from a three game road trip. Uh, they lost back to backs with Boston and New York. Uh, struggled offensively uh, as of late. Um, they failed to score 100 in the last two games and failed to score 110 plus in four of the last five games. But this is going to be one of those. You know, 1990-style games. It's going to be physical, a uh, lot of free throws. Uh, and I'm leaning towards the, the better team at home, so I'm leaning towards Philly uh, laying the five-and-a-half. I haven't played it yet. Uh, I just got a, a little more a little more digging I need to do. But, I mean, at home, 18-10 and 10 ATS. Uh, they're 21-17 and 17 as a favorite as Philly. Uh, so I'm leaning their way. They're one of the only teams, top 10 in defensive and offensive rating. Now, the only thing that worries me is Randall beating him up on the glass. Uh, but I'm leaning to Philly, though. All right, yeah. I'm on the Philly side of this, too, minus five and a half. And it's really more of the tail of the tape for me is that, and what we were talking about with Adam, is that Philly runs two different paces. Mm-hmm. You have a slow-paced the slow paced starting five unit, and then when Maxi comes off the bench and Harold comes off the bench, a couple of those other guys come off the bench, they end up speeding the pace up because that works better for them and their skill set and so it's a lot quicker of a pace and it seems like why they had those 18 point quarters was because the Knicks effectively were able to keep the pace slowed down when that second unit came in and that really threw off what they wanted to do they weren't good in half court sets they were turning the ball over in the half court they were missing open shots in the half court so now you have the uh, ability as the 76ers at home to try to dictate the pace how you want when that second unit comes in we're not letting them slow us down at home we're going to go out there we're going to run our game we're going to get turnovers we're going to get them out in transition and we're going to get easy buckets and that's how we're going to play our style until we get our starters back in the game and so i see that happening a a little bit change different of a script for philly in this one i don't think that they have that those offensive woes that they had on the road at Madison Square Garden. So, yeah, I like Philly in this one, minus five and a half to get it done. Total sitting at 223 and a half. We talked about it. It's about a five-point line move in the direction of the under. What are you doing here? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't touch it right now. Um, something to monitor is that, you know, both teams, well, the Knicks, they struggle shooting, but they're good at defending, like, the three 
And the, their problem is in the paint, obviously, which a lot of teams have problems with defending Joel Embiid. But usually those dribble drives that Harden does and Maxi coming off those, those pin downs and those screens, it, it's kind of effective uh, in that New York uh, system defensively. But I lean under uh, both teams, bottom five and pace, like you just went over. Um, but they also get to the free throw line a lot. So both teams are top 10 in free throw rate. So that kind of scares me off the under uh, along with the five point move. But if I had to play it, uh, I'd lean under. Um, but the movement, I just wouldn't play it right now. Yeah, I'm not playing a five point line move and hopping in on the under losing five points. I just think mm-hmm. that there's no value in that. But what I will do is I will continue to monitor this game until tip. And if I get a move back towards the over, and I get a half a point, a point, something like that, some type of line movement back towards the over, then I'll be looking to get in on the over there because I want to catch that closing line value of this 223 and a half because there's a very real possibility that this line can fall 227, 228. So, yeah, the people that got the 229 were right in the under, but that closing line value kind of screws you over if you wait too long and then you get the worst of the value and it comes up a point or two over. So, I'll wait and I'll see what happens with this line. If this line continues to go down, then it's a continuing non-play for me. But if I get somewhat of a line moving up, something that proves me that the experience, the sharp betters are getting back in on the closing line value, then I'll absolutely hop in and play the over in this game because I think the over has a pretty decent chance of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Any props you got? Uh, Julius Randle over uh, four and a half assists. He's been over in six straight. Uh, he's playing a lot more facilitating role. I have no idea why. I think they're taking R.J. Barrett's uh, dribbling abilities away from him. So they're just sticking him in the corner kind of and not letting him, you know, facilitate and uh, run the offense. So Randle is taking on that role. Um, I also think that he'll go to the line a lot. I mentioned, you know, that both teams get to the line at, at a high rate. Uh, his free throw attempts the last uh, few games, six, six, eight, eight, five, eleven, nine, and seven. So not bad. If he if he can get there, you know, eight plus times and, and get us a few points, I think he can um I think he can get over the, the points as well. But as far as the assists, uh, I love the assist one and I'd lean over to his points also. All right. Uh yeah. Maybe a little sneaky triple double play for Red. Yeah, that's what today. I was thinking about too. For me, I'm going to – I don't see his line out right now, but I'm going with Tyrese Maxey. I think Tyrese Maxey has a, has a bounce-back day in a game yeah. where I think that he's going to be able to dictate the pace when he's on the court a lot better, be able to run out, get easy buckets in transition, uh, transition three attempts, all of that. I think that Maxey's a little bit more locked in a day, so I'll be playing Tyrese Maxey's points. Yeah, I wonder – is he not on the injury report? I wonder why they don't have his – I don't see his props anywhere. I mean, it's, I was, he's still, you know – it's a it's so they're not going to put him out because Joel's questionable. If Joel's questionable, it ends up being out. Then Maxi more than likely gets elevated to the starting lineup, or they shuffle things around sometime. And they're just trying to figure out what his role is going to be this game before they drop the line. So yeah, that's a good point. I get it. All right, let's slide over to the next game on the slate. We have the Phoenix Suns going to play the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers are laying two and a half at home. Lines ticked up from one and a half. 230 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And for the Phoenix Suns, we have Devin Booker, who is expected to play in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ Warren was just acquired. Davis, 
Darius Baisley was just acquired. And, you know, the big dog, Kevin Durant, campaign, Landry Shamit, all on IR. So you expect to see some type of lineup of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Torrey Craig, Jock Landle, and DeAndre Ayton. And for the Pacers, you have Jalen Smith. It's not on the injury report. George Hill just got to the team. Uh, and Serge Ibaka looks like he's going to be waived. So rather, for the most part, things are rather clean for the Pacers. You have Tyrese Halliburton, Andrew Nemhard, Buddy Hield, and Aaron Neesmith, and Miles Turner. Pacers lane, two and a half. What are you liking this game? Yeah, I'm leaning to to Indy. Um, I just don't think that Phoenix is as locked in as as they're going to be after the All Star break for for good reason. I mean, they're trying to get some of those guys healthy. I know Booker is probably going to play, but likely to be limited off of back to back. So Chris Paul likely not to be as fresh um, as he would be if they, if they were just playing this as you know the first game of the back to back and. Some of the things that Andy was doing, I kind of, I kind of like. Uh, I like how Miles Turner and, and Hallie Burton have played um, as of late. Uh, they're eighteen eleven ATS at home. They have lost four or five though, uh, which kind of, kind of puts a, a red flag up for me. But uh, like I said, I don't think Phoenix is as locked in. I mean, before they got blitzed last night, um, they they were getting blitzed last night, and then they came back and made it respectable to some sort. But that's more of Atlanta just trying to park the bus on them. But they were playing better defensively. Um, they were tied for first in defensive rating in the last 10 games. Uh, it was sixth in defensive efficiency on the road. So the defense travels, but I just think spot-wise, I think it favors Indy. Um, and also, some of the things that that, um, that the Suns do, the Indy defense can combat it. The Suns, they like to play through eight and without Booker on the floor. Uh, they won't be able to do that as effectively as Indy is third in rim percentage defense. Um, where they can hurt Indy's defense is by the three, uh, 27th in effective, de- effective three point defense, uh, by Indy. But like I said, I just, it's more of a spot thing. I just don't think that Phoenix is going to be ready, uh, to, to get, to get that, their mojo back until they get those guys back uh, after the all-star break. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to play Devin Booker. I think that's it. That's really, um, this is one of games where, <clears throat> excuse me, but this is one of those games where you really, really don't want to, you know, put your whole bankroll on the side in this one. Cause you just don't know how these teams are going to play because you sit here, you see, and it's a lot of people that are seeing Jock Landle, like, who is this guy? This guy is in the starting lineup, but have you been watching him come off the bench recently? He's been really, really good. Like he's been really, really good. And that's why I thought that, Hey man, if, there's a possibility that they just say bump DeAndre Ayton. Lando's playing. Uh, Lando is playing so good for us. So uh, Ayton is another person that whose name was in the trade chatter, and everybody just knew was going to be traded this season. Off after what happened last year in the playoffs, so what happened in the offseason to his look and discontent throughout different points of the season between him, between Monty Williams, between Chris Paul. And so everybody's sitting there saying, oh, Aiton's gone, Aiton's gone, Aiton's gone. And instead of shipping Aiton out, they're able, they actually ship everybody else out and bring in a Kevin Durant. And so I think that this is the uh, opportunity. And Aiton is one of those players that he's been going crazy recently. He's been having, I think he had back to back 30 and 10 games the other day. And so uh, this could be an opportunity 
uh, with DeAndre Eaton, where he's he's more locked into these games now because he knows he's staying. He knows that he's on a championship roster, and they just got to all play it together and play their part. And so, uh, Eaton and Booker probably two names that I'm looking at in this one, but I'm leaning more specifically to Devin Booker. If I had to pick a side. I would probably just lay the points with Indiana because I just don't know where what scoring is going to come from Phoenix in this game. I actually might take a team total under on Phoenix because, I again, I don't know what level of scoring this total is at 230 and a half. So what's what's their team total at? Probably 113, uh, 112, 113. So mm-hmm. something like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to bank on Phoenix being able to score 112, 113 points per game, especially with the fact that there is no Miles Bridges, there is no Cam Johnson. They lost a lot of really big scoring. Landry Shamit isn't back from IR yet. They haven't reaped the benefits of the trades yet. They actually just lost people. So, nah, I, I'm on Pacers. And one and under. Yeah, four, yeah, so, like, that's too much. So, I'm on the... Pacers, if I had to make a play, I think I like that under for Phoenix. That team total under for Phoenix a lot more is probably one of my better plays in this slate. And then Devin Booker, I think Devin Booker is just going to have a game where he's getting adjusted. Nobody on the Pacers can guard him in that mid range, and and so he just goes and puts up a bunch of points. Yeah, um, I'm leaning towards the full game under. Uh, offensively, Indiana has struggled. Um, they failed to score 110 in three of the last five games, and Phoenix has been playing good defensively. With it don't matter, it doesn't matter who's in the lineup; they've been playing pretty well defensively. Um, I do think that the th- I mean the Thunder. I do think that the Suns um, come out on the first quarter and, and play with a little bit more energy. Indiana is one of the worst first quarter teams in the NBA. Seven twenty one and one at home. Um, they're getting outscored by almost four points per quarter. So I look for Phoenix to come out in the first quarter early and, and get it done. Uh, but I do like the full game under echoing some of the stuff that you said about the Suns struggling offensively to find guys to score. Indiana, somewhat of the same uh, thing. They just don't have a lot of scores other than, you know, Halley at times and then, you know, Buddy Hill. Miles Turner has been playing well. But just after those two or three guys, they just don't have much. All right. Any player props you like in this one? Yeah, I like uh, – under- uh, somebody in the chat was talking about uh, Halliburton props. I like his points and assists. Um, he struggled as a little bit as of late, but he's played two of the better defenses in the NBA. But it's a good matchup for him here. And like I said, Chris Paul is not going to be much of a defender. Uh, I guess a Kogi would try to get some shots at him. Uh, Trey just had 36 and 12 on his defense last night. I think Halliburton is a little bit, will be a little bit more assertive uh, after struggling for the past two games. Um, I like Miles Turner over 26 and a half uh, points and rebounds. He's been killing it since he signed that contract. He's had four straight double doubles. He's went over that number in eight of the last nine, uh, playing really, really well inside and out. I think he'll give eight in problems also. Uh, but those are the two that I like the most. Um, Halle Burton over 26 and a half points and assists, and Turner over 26 and a half points and rebounds. All right. Let's see here. Next game on the slate, we have the San Antonio Spurs going to play the Detroit Pistons. Pistons are laying four at home. Uh, What's the, whoa, let's get that back. Total is 235 and a half in this one. 
injury report for these two teams. And we have Kelvin Johnson, questionable with an ankle injury. Trey Jones, questionable with the foot injury. Jeremy Shochan, questionable with the back injury. Romeo Langford, questionable with an inductor. Devontae Graham, new is newest San Antonio Spur. He is unlikely to play through the trade. Kim Birch, unlikely to play through the trade as well. Uh, let's see here. Josh Richardson, he was traded to... Where did Josh Richardson go? He went to the Pelicans. To the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, yeah, for, <clears throat> so he's not playing in this one. And then, you know, Devin Vassell still out with that knee injury. So you're looking at a starting lineup, potentially, if all the questionables go of Trey Jones, Romeo Langford, Kelton Johnson, Jeremy Sochan, and Zach Collins, because uh, Jacopoto was traded as well to the Raptors. For the Detroit Pistons, you have James Wiseman. Okay, it says unlikely to play here, but I swear I saw something that said James Wiseman was potentially playing. I mean, I'm pretty sure he should be able to. I mean, he wasn't doing anything else. It probably was, you know, not even. He probably got there real fast. So. Uh, Let me see. That's where I saw something that said James Wiseman was. uh, I don't understand why they brought him in. They got Duran. Duran's. Playing amazing. Oh, I, don't, I, don't. I mean, they need size. They they needed the size. They have Duran, but you have Isaiah Stewart, who's what six nine. Yeah, I think. So you bring in a hurt. seven. Yeah, you bring in a, a seven foot guy coming off the bench. And I think it was a decent move. And just also part of your tank, like that's ultimately what it is. Mm-hmm. Part of your tank. You traded in Sadiq Bay, one of your wing mm-hmm. guys coming mm-hmm. off the bench. Yeah, so. It was more of buying all into the tank, probably not trying to pay him. Uh, yeah. Okay, I don't see it. I swear I thought I saw it. So, yeah, here we go. It was tweeted by Underdog. Pistons plan to start James Wiseman. So, I don't know. We'll you probably have a monster game, too. Watch. Take what you want from that. I think James Wiseman is playing, but here also on Underdog's website, it says he's not playing. So, we'll see what the truth is with that. Uh, Nerlens Noel's not with the team. Marvin Bagley, Kate Cunningham, both injured. You know, Kevin Knox and City Bay both got traded. All right. So looking at potential starting lineup here of Killian Hayes, Jaden Ivey, Bob Boyan, Bogdanovich, Isaiah Stewart, and Jalen Duran. Pretty systems as go there. Laying forward with the Pistons at home, what are you doing? Yeah, I'll probably just pass the game uh, all together. Honestly, it's one of the games that... Just don't watch. Just if you if you are watching it, you only watch it for one reason. It's because you got money on it. But the the Spurs full tank mode, um, one and nine ATS last ten. They lost ten in a row. Uh, three of the last five have went under. I mean, they have high totals though because they don't play a lot of defense. So the totals are usually like high two thirty two thirties, low two forties. Um, they failed to score one hundred and ten in four of the last five games. Uh, Detroit is. I mean, they're. Not as good either. I mean, uh, they're three and seven ATS last ten. Failed to score over 105 and four of the last five. They've had 100 or less in three of the last five. Uh, five straight unders. So I, I got two things that I was looking at. I'm looking at the Spurs first quarter with a seven and four ATS the last eleven, and I'm looking at the under uh, 235 and a half. Both teams struggle offensively. Don't think don't think many points will be scored. So if I had to play anything, uh, I'd lean to the under. And I'll likely be on the San Antonio uh, first quarter. Uh, they've been playing well first quarter as of late. But that's all I got. 
For me, it's simple. I'm taking the Pistons minus four. I got the Pistons with a line move from minus three to minus four. From minus three when it opened to minus four to now. And it's normally the contrarian play when you have two bad teams, two disgusting teams, two tanking teams. A lot of people just take the points. And I'm saying just go ahead and lay the points with the team at home here. They had a team that has more continuity. Yes, they lost Sadiq Bay, which is a piece that's gone. But Kevin Knox really wasn't playing any minutes. Uh, they're not really adding anybody into the fold. Yes, James Wiseman, who potentially could or could not play tonight. But he's rather fresh. He'll be a rim protector down low, somebody to help them rebound the basketball, push the floor. And James Wiseman can run the floor. So this actually may be a really, really good move for him. And whereas... I don't know what's going on with San Antonio. I may have people playing. I may have people sitting. Romeo Langford, Jeremy Sochan have been out for a couple of games. We'll see what Trey Jones and Kelton Johnson do. They lost Jacopoto, who is their big rebounder, their big uh, person down low. And now Zach Collins is coming into the starting lineup, trying to handle Duran, Stewart, and potentially Wiseman as well. Yeah, I don't like his chances down there. He's going to be tired the entire game. And so, yeah, I'm going with the Pistons here. I think they have the better team. I think that they're going to be a little bit more locked into this game at home, and they'll be able to get it done. So Pistons minus four for me. It's actually oddly one of the plays I feel really good about during this slate just because of the injury news and the trade news and whatever's going with the Spurs. Spurs are in full tank mode. I don't see any reason that they're going to turn that off for this game just because it's the Pistons. Yeah, uh, I don't have a play on the total. Uh, this is a non-conference game, so you always have that threat of the over coming to hit. San Antonio 12-8 and eight to the non-conference over at 60%, and then you have the Pistons who are what is this 12 and 13 48% to non-conference overs so not really a edge there for me that I like that I feel comfortable playing I think that it can go either way yeah I don't I don't have I don't have much else I mean if Wiseman plays I'll, I'll play his points and rebounds over I think he'll just I mean he he has room to actually play and make mistakes and not be able to be critiqued by every time he runs up the floor uh, being in that big market with with Golden State so I think he'll go out and play well. I mean, the Spurs not good defensively anyway. And like you were saying with Zach Collins, I mean, he's fragile. He, he gets hurt a lot. So he has to bang with three guys like consistently, like no matter when, when he's in the game, it's always going to be at least one, maybe two of those guys in the game. So yeah, if um, if they post a prop on, on Wiseman, I'll be on that for sure. Points and rebounds. Um, but other than that, man, I, I, like the, I like the under more than anything in the Spurs first quarter. That's about it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let me see if I can pull up some of these rebound props. So I'm seeing, well, of course, Duran's at 10 and a half. I think there's value on Stewart at eight and a half, too, to be honest. Uh, so I like Stewart and Duran both for the rebounds. And... I got to go back to my guy. I like playing him against the Western Conference. He's Killian been cashing Hayes. for me. No, no, not even Hayes. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, I love playing him against the Western Conference. He's known those teams. He played them four times a year 
for a long time in Utah. And I feel like every time I played him against the Western Conference and I played his points prop, he's cash for me. He's had really good games against them. So I'm going with uh, Bojan Bogdanovic over 23 and a half. It's actually a little juiced up for him, but uh, we'll see what happens with that one. All right, uh, I see a question down there. We'll get to Milwaukee at the there at the end of the slate. So we're working our way down there. Moving on to the next game, though, we have the Utah Jazz going to play the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Toronto's laying seven at home. No, six and a half at home. Mm-hmm. Two thirty and a half is the total injury report for these two teams and you have uh, russell westbrook is tbd i think he's expecting a buyout so don't expect him to see him suit up with them ever then you have uh, juan toscano anderson and damian jones both on the trade market coming over via trade and then you know mike Conley got traded as well so expecting to see a starting lineup of colin sexton jordan clarkson Laurie Marketing, Kelly Olenek, and Walker Kessler. And for the Raptors, you have Jacopoto, who's questionable because he just got traded as well. He may or may not go. And then OG Anobi and Otto Porter, both on IR. Fred Van Fleet, Gary Jr. Jr., Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Preston Achua. Nothing really changing up for the Raptors in that one. What are you doing here, Utah Jazz versus Toronto Raptors? So on the open, I took eight with with Utah. Just thinking, I mean, numerically, I thought the number was like way off. So the Jazz and uh, the Jazz played the uh, what they played each other like a few a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago, and the Jazz were laying two at home, and now they opened as an eight point dog. So that's basically a ten point swing off of what like Vanderbilt and Beasley. I mean, I know they were solid rotational pieces, but they don't you know, constitute a 10-point move to me. I think it swung a little bit too much. So I, I still think it's value on Utah at anything six or six or better. Um, but obviously it's not, you know, the open. But I just thought the number was wrong off, off the off the open. And, I mean, obviously that was pretty accurate, being that the number is falling as we speak. Um, I mean, Toronto is one of those teams that you talked about in the, in the open that they – all sorts of things was going on with them. Like they had the whole team basically on the trading block and now they're all back. So they're all just like looking at each other. Like, you know, what the hell did we just, what the hell just happened? All, all we heard was family, uh, OG to both getting traded, uh, even some Pascal things in there. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they, you know, how they respond to that. So Utah, I mean, we all know the stats 20, 20 and eight as an ATS, as a, as a dog, 14 and 12 ATS on the road. Um, they struggle defensively still, uh, allowing 120 plus in three of the last five, but I mean I think it's a good matchup for um, for uh, Utah here. They they lost. I mean they won by three uh, last game, and you know the Raptors shot 46 and 44 from the field in three, but they still lost. So I mean that just goes to show they're not going to shoot that well uh, again. Probably I mean the Raptors are bottom five in effective field goal percentage and effective three point percentage. So. They don't shoot the ball well as it goes. So, I mean, they are on a three-game winning streak, uh, six and four ATS the last 10, but I like the Jazz here uh, a lot, actually. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you did all that. You didn't have to do all that. You really didn't. <laughs> you didn't have to do all that. Uh, it's super easy. I mean, come on, guys. I'm not switching up because of the trade deadline on the Jazz. I told you I'm going to let the Jazz tell me when they're going to make me switch up, and so far they haven't because they've still been yet to – 
even be close to making this respectable. 20 and 8 as an underdog, 18, 10 and 18 as a favorite. 20 and 8 as an underdog, 10 and 18 as a favorite. So, I mean, I don't know what you guys expect me to say. I don't know what you guys expect me to do. They're 12 and 7 as a road underdog. That's 63%. I it's easy. Just bet the Jazz as dogs. Like, it's that easy. And now you're getting this line move. And you have who probably has the best matchup on the entire floor in Laurie Marketing on your team because there's just nobody size-wise and skill-wise that can keep up with him defensively with OG and Obi out. So I expect him to have a really good game. Not really concerned about the Jazz here at all. I'll let them prove me wrong if they can, even with all the people that they have out. I just expect to see a lot more usage by the starters. So this is probably a game where you want to play some props on the Jazz starters because they're still trying to figure out the rotations, the new rotations and all that. It's probably going to be a little bit of a hiccup and starters are probably going to play a bulk load of the minute. So not really concerned about that. Utah, Plus six and a half, Utah Spring on the money line. Super easy play for me. Total sitting at. Oh, I lost it. The total sitting at 230 and a half. Last game they just played Two was. 259. Yep. <laughs> I expect to see a little bit of the same. Yeah, I mean, if we like the, I think it's correlated. If you like the Raptors, you got to like the under. If you like the Jazz, got to like the over. Thinking that the Jazz dictate the pace. They shoot a lot of threes, make a lot of threes. Um, and the Raptors have to play catch up. So, I mean, I think the Jazz, I think the Jazz are like probably, they, they could, might, they might could blow out the Raptors, to be honest with you. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how. I don't know how those guys are going to react to all that stuff that that transpired. I mean, I know they're professionals, but still. I mean, you seen AD pouting on the sideline. I mean, that's why you don't really bet these games for for because you don't know how people are going to react. Some people will be pissed off and they're not going to uh, be locked in, and it's other people that are going to a hundred percent be locked in, and they're a hundred percent going to. Uh, try to prove that, hey, I deserve my spot here. That's really why a lot of these games are, at least at this point in the season, you're supposed to not play. Jake, no, I don't have any crossover lines. I didn't pull them up, but shoot me, uh, drop them in the chat, drop a bunch of crossover lines in the chat, and I'll touch on them at the end of the show. But uh, give me the uh, lines, like what's their receptions or what's the threes. Drop them in the chat, and I'll talk about them at the end of the show, definitely. I forgot to do that. Appreciate that. All right. Yeah, prop-wise, I'm on Lori. Lori Marketing. This is a really good matchup for him. I'm playing Lori and probably a points uh a points ladder in him. I think that he could just he has the size advantage to just reach up and shoot over everybody on the Raptors starting uh starting rotation. And then the people that are similar to him in height, he's quick enough to move past them and get around them. So I think Lori Marketing again has a good day. He cashed for me last time. I think he'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, I think he had twenty-eight and thirteen in the last matchup, also. Um, so that's in your favor. Uh, I like Sexton over seventeen and a half points. He's getting an expanded role with Vanderbilt and Beasley being gone. Uh, he'll he'll be mostly playing. Uh, like they'll stagger his minutes with the second unit. I'm assuming. Um, so I think he'll get up some decent a decent amount of shots on on a not so good uh, Toronto defense. I also like uh, Walker Kessler over twenty and a half points and rebounds, similar to what you said with 
the size in in Toronto. I think he destroys the glass. Um, they they're lacking an the inside presence until Jakob gets you know uh, situated and and settled in Toronto. So uh, I like both of those uh, props. Also, Scotty Barnes under sixteen and a half. He's been under in four of the last five. Been mm-hmm. more of a bit more of a facilitator, not trying to score. I mean, he's not a good scorer as it is, but I think that's a little bit too high. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Houston Rockets traveling to Miami to play the Miami Heat. He are laying 12. Line opened up at 10 and a half, all the way up to 12. 222 is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the my for the Houston Rockets, we have Oh boy. All right. So Danny Green, Frank Kaminsky, Justin Holiday, John Wall is probably going to be waived. Those three players are unlikely to play due to just being traded to the team. Kevin Porter Jr. is still out. And then Garrison Matthews, Bruno Fernando, and Eric Gordon all were traded off the team. So you're looking at potential starting lineup of Jalen Green, Deshaun Nix, uh, running the point guard duties there. K.J. Martin, Jabari Smith Jr., and Alfred Sangoon, not too different from what they're normally putting out there. With, uh, it's hard to see Ty Ty Washington come off the bench, too. Terry, Terry Easy and Ty Ty Washington, I believe, are coming off the bench and getting some, some big minutes in here. With the Miami Heat, you have Victor Oladipo, who is out, Gabe Vincent, probable, Kyle Lowry's on IR, Duncan Robinson, IR, all of that still the same. Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, Jim Butler, Caleb Martin, and Bam Adebayo. What are you doing here with the Miami Heat laying 12 at home? Yeah, I'll pass altogether. I don't want anything to do with either of these teams. Miami's laying a, a bunch of points. They don't cover at home. They don't cover on the road. Um, they have been playing well as of late. Bam has, has been playing really, really well. Um, I would not play this game at all. Uh, I may, Maybe dive into some player props, but altogether – I'll just pass it all together. If I had to lean, I'd lean just catching the points with Houston just because. Yeah, it's not It's not that I'm not playing. I'm actually 100% playing this game. This is one of the few games I'm playing because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we're talking before the trade line. It doesn't matter if we're talking after the trade line. It doesn't matter if we're talking with LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh. It doesn't matter if we're talking about that team where Dwayne Wade had hit the final shot in his last game and jumped on top of that. And I'll say, well, it doesn't matter what Miami Heat team that we're actually talking about here. So it really doesn't matter to me that we're talking after a deadline, post-deadline, what is playing in players' minds, what's not playing in players' minds. We're, we're talking about the Miami Heat. We're talking about them being a favorite at home, and that is not a play that you want to back that is not a side that you want to be on that is a side that nine times out of ten or even more specifically seven times out of ten that you want to fade in that spot because they cannot cover the number at home for whatever reason it doesn't matter what's going on they overlook teams they are not covering that number at home and so absolutely not they are not good as a favorite at home i've said this over the course of this season i've said it last season this is not what you want to do you don't want to back the heat as favorites and so Yes, 100%. I'm getting 12 in a game right after the trade deadline where everything is weird in the NBA and nobody knows anything and anything can happen in these first couple of days where you have random teams going out there and getting wins. So 100%, I am on the Houston Rockets here. I will sprinkle on the Houston Rockets money line as well because this is a game that the Miami Heat do not care about and they're not worried about and there's nothing really here to think about. So 
I'm very, very good on the Miami Heat here in this spot. Let's see here. Oh, I sat on my soapbox about that one. 222 is the total. It's come down five points from 227. Yeah, I just uh, I wouldn't mess with that line move. I don't I don't think that I don't think Houston has much success scoring against that Miami defense. I don't think Miami is as good offensively. Uh, they're like bottom 10 in offensive rating. So I, I'd lean under. I, I wouldn't play it. Maybe a team total under for um, for the Rockets. But, yeah, I, I don't have a good feel in this game. So I'll just be passing all together. No, I think I'm going to be on the over. I think the under is the easy play just because of what, all Houston's missing and thinking, oh, Miami's going to lock in defensively and all this stuff. But if you truly don't trust the Heat not to, to cover as favorites, like I don't, then you're going to expect for them to give up some easy buckets for Jalen Green to go in there in Miami and just have a really, really good game against the Miami Heat. And uh, especially shooting from the outside and shooting from three. And you think about some of the options that they still have. They still have some people that can score the basketball. This will be an opportunity for Jabari Smith Jr. So we'll see what he does after post-trade deadline, trying to uh, live up to third-round pick qual uh, qualifications right now where he has failed. So I think that that is absolutely a spot where I like to back over and just say that, hey, if the Rockets are able to keep this close, it's probably because they scored a bunch of points. So, I'll take this total to go over and take the five points of value. Thank you very much. 222. Any player props you like in this game for move on? Uh, no, nah, I just look at band points and rebounds or points, rebounds, and assists. I wouldn't look at anything else. Yeah, I will go with, let's see here. Is there anybody's threes prop that I can? Yeah, maybe Jabari threes. Um, if, you, if you like Jabari here. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm seeing his threes at over one and a half plus 117. That's probably where I think I want to go with this yeah, game. Yeah, I might play, I might play that too. You get some penetration from Kenyon Martin, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. and Jalen Green. He's able to slide, kick out from three. They've been struggling from three this season. So I think Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. threes prop ladder would be pretty decent. I think that's a fun way to play this post-trade deadline. It's something that's been... Cashing pretty decently over the course of the season. Yeah, I'll be with you on that. Um, yeah, you talked me into that. All right, let's see here. Before we get to the next game of state, got to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, and that is WinBet, the official online sportsbook of Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And if you have not made an account over at WinBet, make sure you go ahead and go do that because you can. Sign up today, get a special offer, better hundred dollars, get a hundred dollars. You can use that on the big game this weekend. You can use that however you wish, and or you can use it on your biggest long sharp parlay of the week. Because if you hit the longest parlay in all of WinBet this week, you will get a thousand dollar free credit. So let's choose from all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So you know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W Y N N B E T. Offer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. It's between older present state where play the winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Next game on the slate. Miami used as a parlay piece. With, I mean, if you want to trust the Miami. I don't trust, I don't trust cover, the Grizzlies. If, if you want to trust Miami to cover straight up as a 12-point I mean, that's like what minus a thousand. Like, I, I don't know. Even as a parlay piece, I don't even think that's like a 
value. What is that? Minus six fifty, six fifty. I don't know. It's not my thing. It's not how I play. But here we are. Next game to state. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves going to play the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies are laying. Where are you laying here? Grizzlies are laying seven. Open up as minus seven and a half, and now down to seven. 235 and a half is the total injury report here for these two teams. And you have for the Minnesota Grizzlies, not Minnesota Grizzlies, Minnesota Timberwolves, you have Rudy Gobert questionable. Mike Conley is questionable. We'll see if he actually able to suit up in his first game with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Coming over from Utah, uh, Kyle Anderson questionable with the back injury. Kill Alexander Walker is questionable pending that trade as well. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is still on IR. I don't see Jordan McLaughlin up here. I don't know if he got traded or if he's available nah, to play in he, this one. He should, be, he should be still there. I didn't see his name floating around. So Jordan McLaughlin could potentially be playing, making a return to the lineup in this game on in the, off the bench. So we'll see what happens with that. And for the Timberwolves, Luke Kennard just acquired not likely to play in this game. Danny Green got traded. Steven Adams, you know, still in IR. So pretty much business as usual for the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Memphis late seven. What are you doing? Yeah, I'll probably just take the points with Minnesota. Um, I don't I have to see I'm I gotta see it with, with the Grizzlies first. I mean, they're just not playing well. Three and seven ATS the last 10. They actually are the worst, they have the worst offensive rating in the last 10 um games. They haven't been playing good offensively at all. I don't know if they just um, if they're bored or if they're just missing something. They usually what separates uh, Memphis from a lot of teams is they usually come out and play extremely extremely hard and they just outplay other teams. And when I'm watching them, I don't I don't see I don't see that as much as I as I'm used to seeing. So I got to see it first with Memphis. Uh, honestly, I don't trust Minnesota as much either. I mean, a six and four ATS the last ten. Uh, they are 16 and 14 as a dog, um, but 11 and 15 on the road. So that kind of gives me a, a cause of concern. They've been playing better defensively, six in defensive rating the last 10. Um, but they do turn the ball over. And if you turn the ball over against the uh, top three fast break points per game team, that could lead to some trouble. So I guess the more I'm talking about it, the more I should probably pass. But if I had to, I'd lean to Minnesota. I mean, they're one of the more Jekyll and Hyde teams uh, in the NBA. They scored 143 last game, and then they gave up 146 the game before. So, I mean, you never know which team you're going to get. I mean, and despite that, they're still top six in, in defensive rating over the last 10 games. So, um, I don't trust the Grizzlies. Uh, I'd rather just take the points with Minnesota if I had to play it. Um, likely to be staying off of this game also. All right. So, for me, it's rather simple. And if Mike Conley plays, then I will take the Minnesota at the points. And I think Minnesota has a pretty good opportunity to win the game if Mike Conley plays. I really like the Mike Conley trade for Minnesota just for them to get a pass for his point guard and somebody to actually fix Rudy Gobert. I think that basically what they did with, with that trade is double down on Rudy Gobert and just say, all right, we got to find a way to get this guy active and get him mobile under the rim, under the basket, scoring points. And Mike Conley knows how to do that. He knows how to play with him. He knows to play to his strengths in the pick and roll and be able to get Rudy Gobert some really good looks at the basket and just help alleviate some of that scoring. Whereas if Mike Conley doesn't play, this team potentially doesn't have a point guard that can effectively bring the ball up the court. 
may it would probably be Kyle and not Kyle Anderson. Uh, no, yeah, Kyle Anderson. It'd probably be Kyle Anderson. Uh, probably running the offense if Conley doesn't play, and so his assists are live at that point. But I mean, and Jacob's in the chat talking about uh, how can you not trust the Grizzlies with the other team change half the roster? I mean, that's what I. That's why I said that you probably should be careful betting the NBA today, because that's the the mindset of a lot of public people. That is the mindset of a lot of people yeah, that are betting this game. Is that hey, the other team changed all their team. They're just gonna hundred percent lose, but you don't know that. Oh. We saw what happened with the Mavericks and the Clippers. Pat on the back for me when I said that as soon as I saw this line, you bet the Mavericks money line because this is an opportunity where they've got people coming on to what they deem a championship roster and everybody else needs to step up to say, hey, I'm not trying to get pushed to the bench. I'm trying to have an impact on this team when Luka comes back and we have all these other things going on. And you still have Anthony Edwards on this team where I think that he's going to have a pretty decent matchup. So uh, I'm never laying minus 275 on a game. But I think that this is potentially an opportunity Minnesota can do well if Mike Conley plays and he's able to actually help run this offense rather than it's just a pickup guy, a pickup team of guys just playing basketball in the NBA slate. So uh, if Mike Conley plays, I like Minnesota. If he doesn't play, I'll be back over on Memphis, and I'll be more confident in Memphis. But Memphis hasn't been playing the ball, the playing ball really, really well recently. And so, uh, if anything, I'll play Memphis early, and that way you don't have yeah, to lay as much thing. juice that you would. I could, I could play a first quarter money line with Memphis minus one seventy five, or uh, lay to two and a half in the first quarter with Memphis, and just say that. Minnesota has to figure out whatever new they're doing. Like it's going to take them at least a quarter to figure out whatever new they're doing, whether is it Anthony Edwards? Is it Kyle Anderson? Who's bringing the ball up the court? Is it Mike Conley? Is it Jordan McLaughlin? Is Jordan McLaughlin uh, able to play in this game? And is he going to move into the starting lineup? Because if McLaughlin moves into the starting lineup and he's able to play in this game, then I really like Minnesota and the connection that he has with a lot of guys on that roster. He's a really, really good backup point guard. So uh, it's a lot of different things that you can consider in this game. So it's pretty easy for me. If Conley plays, I'm on Minnesota. If not, I'm on Memphis. Total sitting at 235 and a half. Any looks there? Yeah, I under. Both teams have been playing, like, really good defensively. Um, the Grizzlies are second in defensive rating despite their offensive woes and, and despite them not being able to cover. Mm-hmm. Um the the like I said the the Wolves have been playing really good defensively outside of that one performance where they gave up 140. Um, so I'd lean to the under, uh, thinking it'll be you know, a more a more physical slower pace game. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here for the props. I. I got a few while you look. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's, just the, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. Jaron Jackson blocks at home. I, I, I play it like three plus. Uh, he's averaging five per game in the last five home games. We all know how over that works. two and a half is minus one sixty. Yeah, I, I'd lay that. Like that's uh, that's as easy as a bet as I think that you can make today. Like that is one of the better plays that you can make. Over two and a half blocks. He's he's averaging five per game in, in the last five home games, and we all know. The uh, about the story about the statistician, the statistician, you know, giving him extra blocks. But I mean, I just don't, I don't think he slows down. I mean, he's just a paint presence, like 
especially with Adams being gone, I don't I don't see him slowing down. And I also like Kyle Anderson over assist. No, you brought it up. Like if Conley doesn't play, I mean Kyle Anderson is likely to be dictating a lot of the offense. I mean, he did that when Delo was there. So I don't see why his role would diminish. It should increase even more being that, you know, they they lost the ball handler. So I look for Kyle Anderson over assist and also um Jaron Jackson three plus blocks. All right. I'm I'm on the under here in this game. I just I'm I'm hard pressed to know where the scoring's coming. The scoring is coming from Minnesota and Memphis just got to kind of figure things out a little bit right now. So, and they they've been trending to the under. I think they've had a couple of overs recently, but they've been trending to the under for the most part in the past ten games. And so I'll, I'll slight lean to the under here. And yeah, I'm, if Conley plays like over yeah, Conley I'm assist with and over Rudy Gobert points, I think yeah. that they're gonna ha- they're gonna play the pick and roll because one, that's the only thing Conley knows how to do in this offense because he's never played with any of these people. He's only played with Rudy Gobert, so he knows the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert. I think that they'll go to that a number of times in this game. He'll get some easy assists. Rudy Gobert gets some easy points. And that'll actually keep Rudy Gobert on the floor. So I'll take Rudy Gobert's rebounds as well if Conley plays. I, I think Rudy Gobert has a good game if Conley plays. I think that if mm-hmm. Conley plays, Rudy Gobert is actually forced to stay on the floor because Conley will make him an asset offensively. And then there's nobody else on this Memphis side of the ball that's going to be able to cap- challenge him on the board. So he could clean up boards really, really easily. And benefit from the fact that he's now on the court because he's a playable piece on offense in this game so and another reason why i'm slightly concerned for how uh memphis is doing this is this looks like a a smack you know easy spot for memphis but i think this is the game where they actually kind of get slipping a little bit caught slipping a little bit especially with minnesota and just their history with memphis last year this has become a little bit of a rivalry for Minnesota and they're trying to play them a lot easier. I know that Jacob's in the chat talking about Minnesota seven and 20 in the last 27 meetings in Memphis and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. I, nah, I don't, I think that this is different. This is personal. I think this is personal for for Minnesota. I think this one team playing against this team is personal and they're going to give them their best shot every single time they can. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've just been trying to catch, like, people have been trying to catch Memphis on good spots the last, like, four or five games, like, at home against... And I do think they're about to turn it around. I do think mm-hmm. they're about to turn it around. Really Maybe. do. I, I really, really love uh, that spot for uh, Memphis with getting Luke Kennard, adding his level of shooting on the outside around John Morant, adding more shooters. Like, I, I think Memphis is primed to make a run and be one of the best teams in the second half of the season, but... Man, I'm telling you, I'm seeing sharp movement on Minnesota. I'm seeing every, like all the bells and whistles that are just ringing off in my head of why I don't like one side of a game that a lot of people are on is ringing off in this in this day. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do, and maybe uh, Minnesota gets it done. But right now, I'm. I mean maybe Memphis gets it done, but I'm really, really leaning to the Minnesota side of things. And that says a lot because, again, Memphis, everybody knows Memphis is one of my favorite teams in the league. All right, next game on the slate. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics at home versus the Charlotte Hornets. Celtics are laying 10 at home. 225 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Boston Celtics, 
Jason Tatum's questionable with an illness. Al Horford is probable. Robert Williams is probable. Mike Muscala, unlikely to play. He's coming over from the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Those guys are out. Jalen Brown had that facial contusion. He's going to be max Jalen Brown whenever he comes back. And for the Hornets, you have Cody Martin, who is out. Reggie Jackson, unlikely to play. You have, and then Mason Plumley got traded. My and Jalen McDaniels got traded as well. Kelly Oubre is still on IR, so you're getting ten with the Charlotte Hornets laying ten in the Garden TD Garden, not the Garden TD Garden <laughs> with. Boston, what are you doing here? If I had to do anything, I would play. I would just lay it with Boston. Um, but I like the team total better for Boston. Um, in the last three matchups, the averaging Boston's averaging 131 points per game uh, this this for this season and winning by a margin of 21 points per game. So they've obviously won and covered the three previous matchups. Don't think that. Don't think that the Hornets slowed them down by any means. Uh, obviously, I would like to see Jason Tatum play. Um, but I won't. I won't be playing aside. I'll just be on the the team total for uh, for Boston. Don't think the Hornets show any signs. I mean, some of the moves that they made kind of questionable as as they always are. Uh, excited for the Mark Williams minutes, more Mark Williams minutes. But all in all, I think Boston smacks them as usual. Um, the Hornets start off playing them pretty good, like early on, but then Boston just comes back and, and lays a sledgehammer on them. No, I'm actually all over Charlotte in this spot. I think this wow, is a really? spot where. Yeah, I think this is a spot. This is the same thing as the Memphis spot where everybody automatically just assumes that it's going to be all Memphis. I don't think this is all Boston. I don't even think this is even necessarily close to being all Boston. I think this is a really good spot where you can get a lot of value on this Hornets team who, uh, for the most part, has been out of contention versus Boston for the past few meetings. But you're sitting here and you take away the number two scoring number two and number three scoring options for Boston with Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. And you have yeah Al Horford and uh Robert Williams down low. But you was just talking about Mark Williams. Nick Richards gets more minutes as well. I think Richards and Williams were both better players than Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley was just a benefit of the minutes that he was getting mm-hmm. and the style of offense that Charlotte wanted to play. So now you insert two more athletic bigs and you're going you're going at it looking at Robert Williams and Al Horford. Like I think that they have a pretty good decent chance against Al Horford. We'll see Robert Williams, you know, he's a pretty good defender. I think that this is opportunity for in the in the garden on the road that uh, this Hornets team gets up for this game. This seems like one of those games where it's a home game that Boston has that you know, everybody thinks, "Oh, Boston is so easy. They're gonna win this game. Oh, it's good. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. Boston's just gonna go. They're the number one team in the league. All this, why, 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 why? Boston, 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 Boston. Like, like they just." ran the table in space yelling out Boston. Like, come on, yo. I don't think that this is that spot at all. Like, I think that this is the minus 500 money line play that everybody thinks is automatically going to cash. And you look at the bot score and Charlotte just somehow, some way found a way to cover and win this game outright. Like, I don't know. I think after the trade deadline, it's a, it's a really, really good spot to, uh, 
stayed Boston, especially with the trades that came out on the Hornet side of the ball, putting in better players that then than that were there in the first place. So I'll, I'll take my chances. I think that we get a big Terry Rozier game. I think we can get a good LaMelo ball game. I think Gordon Hayward can keep the glue together. Nick Richards. I, I think I'm going to play a Nick Richards double-double today because we, me and Scott have been calling for him to get more minutes. We really like him as a player and how athletic he is, how he's able to run the floor, and how he has he's taken a look defensively. And that's another thing that I'm playing. Like all these guys that are coming up, playing more minutes for the Hornets, they have more of a defensive identity than the starters, so that can absolutely play have a play to play. I don't think anybody out there is really telling you to bet Charlotte today, but I'll tell you, you bet Charlotte today. I just feel like this is that spot where everybody thinks that the Celtics are a layup, and they're absolutely not. So I'm going Charlotte Hornets plus 10. I'm sprinkling on the plus 350 money line with the Hornets as well. This just feels like the spot that – that home, that random home game that Boston just drops to an inferior team. It seems like this is that spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not playing. Um, I'm not playing uh, Boston, like playing the number. But I just, I just lean that way. But I'm playing the team total because they're gonna put up probably 125, 130 on on this one. This defense. Yeah, potentially, potentially. I don't know. I'm not touching anything Boston today. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah, Jason Tatum's questionable too. I forgot I mentioned that he's questionable. So there is a possibility yeah, I mean, that he sits. Like this is the like they're ten. It's ten, and Jason Tatum is questionable. Like even if he, Tatum does play, he has to do it on his own. Now, does he have a fifty point game against these uh, jokers in Charlotte? Yes, he does. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. If if Tatum plays, I think that's the only thing on Boston that you can actually trust in this spot. This just seems like a bad spot against a team that they don't care about at home. Yeah, fair. All right. Next game on the slate, we have – I gave out the Nick Richards double-double. Just wanted to make sure that was on the record. That is up there. Uh, and this, hmm, this could be the LaMelo Ball triple-double spot. It could. Um, we'll see. All right, next game on the slate. We're getting into the 10 o'clock games, almost through all of the games here. Four more to go. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to New Orleans to play the New Orleans Pelicans. Cleveland is laying minus two on the road. 223 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And for the Cleveland Cavaliers, we have... Donovan Mitchell not on injury report. Darius Garland not on injury report. Both of them missed the last game. Expect to see them play this game. Ricky Rubio is out with injury management. So you trade Rubio for Mitchell and Garland. I think that's a pretty good look on that side. And for New Orleans side of the ball, you have Josh Richardson. Unlikely to play, just coming over from San Antonio. Dyson Daniels is on IR. You know, Zion's on IR. And Devontae Graham got traded over to the Spurs. So you're looking at CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, and Jonas Valanciunas. Pretty straight, simple, straightforward and simple for them. What are you doing in this slate here? Yeah, I'm not going against Cleveland uh, right now. Uh, they won and covered four straight, seven and three ATS the last 10. I've been on them in a lot of those games. Uh, they do struggle on the road, 11, 16, and one ATS. Uh, on the road, their defense pretty much leads to the offense. They have their league leading 21 games with the line under 100 points. They're 18 and three, uh, in, straight up in those matchups. Uh, they dominate. They dominate as a favorite. 26, 18 and two as a favorite. Pelicans. I mean, they're much kind of like the Timberwolves. Like I can't figure them out. Uh, they have one and covered three straight. They look better with Brandon Ingram in the lineup. I mean, uh, for obvious reasons. 
but they are playing a lot better defensively. They've allowed under 110 points uh, in the last two games. Small sample size, I know. But one of the more impressive things that I've seen them do is hold um, the best offensive team in the NBA, which is the Sacramento Kings, to 104 points. I mean, granted, they didn't have uh, – I think Fox was out that game, but that's still pretty impressive to hold the, the number one offensive team to under 105 points. So um, they're 17-12 and 12 ATS at home. I just can't figure them out. Um, I'm not going to bet on them, but I'm not going to bet against them. Instead, I'll probably just look at the under in the game, thinking both defenses come out and, and play hard, and it's going to make it hard for the offenses. So uh, if I had to play it, I would lean to, to Cleveland, um, but I like the under a lot better. All right. Uh, mm. My gut says just take New Orleans at home, but – Why are they catching two? Why are you giving a team on a three-game win streak at home two points? You got Man. the other team that they won and covered four straight. That's why probably in defense they just locking teams down, bro. Like they just—it's really hard to score on these guys, man. Really, really hard to score. Like it's—it's it's crazy. Yeah, and Cavs are getting their guys back. Uh, this seems this is gonna be a good game. I will. My guts tell me to just take New Orleans, no matter how much it smells, because this game smells. New Orleans should definitely be like a minus one favorite at home, uh, especially with Cleveland's woes on the road. I mean, you talked about it: uh, 11, 16, and one on the road. Uh... Let me see here. Let me look up one more thing before I decide on what I want to do in this one. We have. Yeah, I just can't figure the Pelicans out. Like they just, they just, I don't know what to do with them. So I just don't bet them at all. But I'm, I'm not betting against Cleveland. Not in that, not the way they're playing defense. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I've been good betting Pelicans because I've been betting them to win for the past three games. So I've been straight there. But it's just, uh, they, they've had a lot of injuries. Injuries was a lot to do with what was going. Yeah, I mean, on yeah, that, that's them. That's, that's the main reason why. Cleveland eight eight and two has a road favorite this season. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just trust my gut and I'm gonna take New Orleans. I don't this line smells it. it New Orleans probably should be favored, but I'm just gonna sit here and say it's wrong team favorite. Uh looks like sharp moving is on the on the Cavs actually, so uh take that would it be look like some of the sharps on the Cavs, but it, this this feels like a wrong team favorite and this is just a better uh, New Orleans spot, able to get it done at home and continue winning games and putting themselves back in a position in that Western Conference. So, uh, is, is Ingram is he uh, is he playing? It's like questionable. Uh, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see a tag on Ingram, so it looks like he's in the game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Should be a good game. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder going to play the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers are lane three. At home, a uh, line opened up at four. It's now sitting at three. OKC and Trailblazers total two thirty nine and a half. Injury report for these two teams, and we have Lou Dort questionable. Uh, Daniel Saric unlikely to play. Just got traded over. Justin Jackson is supposed to be waived as well. And then the same basic injury hurt injured report for the. Uh, OKC Thunder. So you can see their regular lineup of SGA, Giddy, both Williams, and Dort. 
if Dort is able to go. And for the Trailblazers, you have Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibault, uh, not expected to play after just being traded. Keon Johnson is questionable. Uh, Gary Payton II was traded back to... Yeah, I'm out on on the Blazers, by the way. If ain't nobody, I'm out on the Blazers. Oh, but wow, Gary Payton II is... Yeah, I'm out on the Blazers. They didn't do oh, anything at the deadline. They didn't do anything. They didn't do yeah, anything. I mean, they, I'm they, out they, on the Blazers I'm as a team. But Dang, that's crazy. I mean, no, I, mean, I don't like them. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the Gary Payton II is back over with the Warriors. Justice Winslow, Nurt, both injured, not expected to play in this game. So, I mean, in terms of this game, I'm I'm out. But I'm out on the Blazers in the future wise as well. But in terms of this game, I am out on them uh, playing OKC. It's just OKC on the road, so good on the road. Expect for them to. But low-key, this might actually be a little bit of a letdown spot for OKC after that Lakers game. Mm-hmm. So this could actually be a pretty good spot for Portland for Portland to get another win. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I might man. actually go, I might actually go on that. But in terms of long-term outlook for Portland, I don't think they make the play in. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm I'm just talking about this game. Yeah, I wasn't talking about moving forward. All right, what do you like in this one? Yeah, I, I love Portland in the spot. I mean, you pretty much laid it out. I know we we all know the OKC numbers. Uh, if you don't, 16 and 10, one, 16, 10 and 1 ATS on the road, 25 and 12 as a dog. Um, they have struggled a bit as of late, two and three straight up in ATS, uh, whereas the Blazers are three and two straight up in ATS, uh, 15 and 12 ATS at home. The offense is rolling. Um they Dame is on another level right now. They're actually first in offensive rating the last ten games, and it's not by a small margin. Almost five points separates them and the number two team. So offensively, they're playing incredible. I think the Nurkic injury was kind of a gift and a curse. Um, it allows them to play smaller uh, with Nasir um, and uh, what's my man name? Uh, they usually play Nasir. And I forgot his name. I can't, I'm thinking of, I'm blanking on his name, but it's, it allows them to play more spacious. Uh, they use Jeremy Grant a lot at the five. Uh, so it got a lot of space, uh, a lot of speed. Uh, so I like Portland here. I think OKC coming off that game that pretty, I mean, it's an emotional game for everybody with LeBron um, breaking the record and everything. Uh, but they played extremely well. Uh, I just think in this spot, there's a little bit sleepy Portland playing well. Uh, OKC's allowed 120 plus in four of the last five, 125 plus in three of the last five, including 130 to the Lakers. If they allowed 130 to the Lakers, Dame and Portland should probably score 140 on them. So uh, I like Portland. Probably going to be my lock at the end of the podcast. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Portland's a pretty decent play. Just playing a contrarian angle. Everybody's on OKC and OKC. Uh, had a really, really big game last time out and was really locked in the that game. They could 100% come in here and lay up. I think if I play Portland, I might play them early and get in and out with them fairly quickly. All right. Let's see here. Uh, total sitting at a play on the total at 239.5 or any player props. Yeah, I play over uh, the total. Both teams playing like well over the total. Uh, 32 and 32 and 22 to the over is OKC, which is 59% uh, to the over as a whole on the season. Uh, four of the last five Portland, three of the last five Portland games that went over. I don't see a lot of defense being played. Going to be a lot of a lot of possessions uh, and a lot of points scored in this game. I think. All right. Yeah. Nothing. I'm just on Dame. 
Dame, give me Dame and Portland. <laughs> I mean, you, you have to do it at this point. Pretty, pretty simple there. SGA probably still has a good game as well. Okay. Next, it's probably a 40-40 game for SGA and Dame. I could see that. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Dallas Mavericks going to play the Sacramento Kings. Mavericks coming off that win versus the Clippers. Kings coming off of the destruction versus the Rockets. I'm pretty sure that was their last game. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was that two mm-hmm. games set against the Rockets. All right. Minus two and a half for the Kings. 233 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have Luca is questionable with that heel injury. Davis Bartons and Maxi Cleaver, you know, they're both still out. And then you have for the Kings, clean injury report. No, nothing to report there. No trades, no nothing, anything to report for the Kings. So, Kings laying two and a half. What are you doing? Yeah, I like the Kings here, but I would um, I would advise everybody, if you like the Kings, to just wait and see if Luka gets ruled in. Because once he's ruled in, they're live. The way the line is right now, I think they probably go off as a favorite. And you can get the Kings as a dog at home. So I would just wait on um, I would just wait on that. But I like the Kings here. They're returning from a five-game road trip where they were pretty underwhelming. And they had a favorable schedule. They played Houston twice, uh, New Orleans, Indiana, and San Antonio. So, I mean, that they didn't come out pretty good. They went two and three ATS. Um, but they've won three of the last five straight up. I think the Kings are, are one of the better home teams in the NBA. That home crowd is, is incredible. I don't know if you watch a lot of Kings games, but they got like a college atmosphere for a home crowd. Uh, Dallas, of course, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be on Dallas tonight if Luka's in. Um, and the Kings are, I mean, I usually look in a fade, you know, team coming off, you know, coming back home off a road trip. But I think it's a good spot for them to get right against Dallas, who struggles on the road, 11 and 17 ATS. Um, they haven't played better defensively, but they haven't played a team that can space you out and shoot like, like the King can. So I like the Kings here um, on the money line. Uh, I I would guess just right now I would lay the two and a half, but I would just wait and get a better number um, if Luca's ruled in. Yeah, the NBA script is out, and this is <laughs> it's it's pretty simple. Luca Luca gets ruled in. Everybody thinks Dallas is after seeing what they did to the Clippers. That yeah. Dallas is going to be good. Dallas is going to run through this Kings team, and this Kings team blows them out. <laughs> so, I I mean I'm taking the team here that. One, I don't think made a single move at the deadline. So I think that whole entire roster is completely intact, like not even, you know, a bench player is moved. But I think this is the opportunity to fade Dallas off a really big win against on the road against the Clippers. And the line movement is saying it. This line went from two to two and a half. So it's either that's saying that either one Luca's not playing or Luca is playing and they don't care. Like that opportunity so i'm gonna i'm gonna back that line movement i'm gonna back uh some sharp betters here backing sacramento and i just think that sacramento as you said i think they could space before i think they have the ability to put up 120 130 points like they normally do at home in this game here like the beam i'm on sacramento kings like tonight like the beam. total sitting at 233 and a half i think we're both on the over yes absolutely uh, i think it's gonna be a lot of points uh, the Kings, man, like I said, they were underwhelming on, on that road trip, uh, and they, they had that favorable schedule. So I think they're going to come back home, um, you know, into their, comfort, into, into their comfortable comfortable environment and uh, put up a lot of points. So, yeah, I think they might, blow, they might blow Dallas out, actually. Dallas hit everything in that Clippers game, everything. And Reggie Bullock was hitting, like, 
he was back in Kinston. So, you know, I don't think that continues on the road. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's what I said. I thought that that it's in the script that the Kings are probably <laughs> going to blow them out tonight. Like, if you want an eleven plus crazy eleven plus parlay. Kings probably should be on there. I think that there's pretty good opportunity for the Kings to go in here and win by double digits in this game, yeah. just because of the fact that one, what you said that Dallas hit everything. That's a little bit crazy of a sample size to have because they really weren't, they were legitimately not missing shots for mm-hmm. the first portion of the game. So, all right. <sighs> Sabonis. Yep. Fox. Assists. Uh, I like Keegan Murray over two and a half threes at plus money. It's like plus 135. Okay. Um, I think Dallas is susceptible to giving up um, a lot of corner threes. Uh, Keegan is a great catch and, uh, catch and shoot guy. Um, he's liable to get the – he's not going to get um, the – I guess Bullock is their best defender. So uh, he's liable to get, you know, the secondary defenders on him. So – I just don't think that they're going to rotate over. I don't think they're going to rotate yeah, over fast a, enough. And that's what I was looking for, the people that are standing in the corner with the last three, because I just don't think that uh, that Dallas is going to rotate over quick enough trying to figure out what the offense is, what their defense is, who's even, you know, barking out orders on the defense. Is it Jason Kidd on the sideline? Is it somebody being a floor general? Like, I, I don't know. So I think this is a perfect opportunity. Yep. All right. And my mom is texting me. Jesus Christ, mom. She's got my dog right now. And she's like, I need the leash. I'm like, mom, it's in, I'm doing a show. It's in the bag. <laughs> in the bag. All right. Next game on the slate after the slight delay from my mother. Wow. My dad has been on the show. My mom has been on the show now. It's just insane. Milwaukee Bucks are on the road to go play Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers are laying two and a half. 227 is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Milwaukee Bucks that Jay Crowder is not expected to play, just being traded over. Really good move for them. Uh, Joe Ingles is expected to play through injury management. You know, Bobby Porras is still on IR. And then you have Kawhi Leonard, who is out. Eric Gordon, Mason Plumley, and Bones Highland all unlikely to play. They're fitting in just perfectly nicely here with this Clippers team. Bernard <laughs> was traded. Reggie Jackson was traded. John Wall was traded. They're all out. And guess what? They're all were probably going to be out if they were still on the team anyway. So there you are. Clippers through all of that still laying minus two and a half. Line actually has gone up. So what are you doing here? Yeah, I would lean to the Clippers. Um, I did not know that Kawhi was out. I thought I had read that he was in, but um, I mean, even even with him out, I think they got enough pieces to to maybe get a slight win. The Bucks off the back, off the back to back. Uh, I mean, they don't have any travel or anything, obviously, because they played the Lakers. But um, last game, they controlled the Bucks. Pretty much controlled the entire game into the fourth quarter when they uh, only scored. Uh, well, the Clippers, I'm sorry, controlled the game until the fourth quarter when they only scored 18 points. So, I mean, they did have Kawhi in that game, but I think the matchup, matchup-wise, I think it's a little bit better uh, at home for the Clippers. So, I, I'd lean, I'd lean their way. Um, I'm not gonna play it uh, because I really thought that Kawhi was was in. But, um, I mean, the Bucks are a freight train right now. Um, I don't want to get, in, I don't want to get in front of it. Uh, they're playing well. Offense. He says that as he takes the Clippers. Say it again. He says that as he takes the Clippers. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But no, 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 I'm not taking the Clippers. I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, them. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I'm leaning towards him, but you know, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get in front of the books right now, but like just situationally and spot wise, I would just lean to the Clippers. But the books, I mean, they're rolling, man. Giannis looks good. Um, even Middleton, he's he's get, he's looking a whole lot better than he did uh, a few games ago, getting his legs back under him. But um, yeah, I like the under a lot better than than anything. So I, I like the under, and I lean to the Clippers, but I, I won't be playing the side. Yeah, there's a number of reasons to uh, like the Clippers in this spot. If you just sit here and look at all the pros are on the Clippers, 55% of the bets, 97% of the money is on the Clippers as of right now. Looks like all of the pros, the Sharps, everybody is taking the Clippers. They pushed this line from opening at minus one to minus two and a half. And... That has to tell like that. That has to say that somebody's sitting. Like you have to, you have to sit here and think that somebody's sitting from a Clippers team that these two teams just played about. What is that on the second? That was the second when they played, and the Clippers couldn't score in the last four minutes and ended up blowing the game to the Milwaukee Bucks. So that this line has to say that a few people are sitting. Maybe Middleton, maybe Middleton and Giannis, maybe the whole trifecta sits and we're watching. A battle of the backups play in this game, but I'm not. I'm not laying it with the Clippers. I'll just sit here and take the Bucks. I, I don't care, and I'll sit here and hopefully the pros are wrong in this spot. But I just don't trust this Clippers team. I don't trust this Clippers team to get anything done. I don't see how you could ever watch the Clippers play basketball and think that it's a good idea to lay points with them. Like I think that is a terrible idea, and I don't. There's not you know, too many reasons in the future where I will find a reason to lay points with the Clippers and just looking at what they've done in the past couple of games, losing to the Mavericks the way that they did, uh, getting the win, but losing the cover to Brooklyn for majority of that game. Where the uh, They got the win in overtime versus the Knicks, but it was ugly as shit. They even have been an overtime game. And then you have that closeout the closeout game against the Bucks, and then even the Bulls, they had a lead, yeah, and they let yeah, the they Bulls come back on the road. So the last five games for the Clippers have been atrocious. They're three and two in that span, three and two ATS. But if you're watching the game, they're actually horrible. It's actually horribly atrocious. And so uh, I don't know if I trust the Clippers in this spot to even do what the pros say they're going to do and be able to get a winning cover. So I'm on the Bucks here, but I probably this is one of those games that I'm probably not going to be betting on the slate. All right. I am. I like LG's points, uh, PG 13 over 24 and a half points. I like that a lot. Okay. And Norman Powell uh, over his points as well. All right. I am. I'm on the over. Non conference over. A little bit of an edge to both teams. 52% in the non conference overs, 11 and 10 for Milwaukee. Clippers, 15 and 10. 60% non conference overs. Uh, I think I like that lean in this game, just expecting to see teams shoot the basketball more. Clippers pay more uh, more attention offensively on this side of the ball, this go-around, seeing how they just completely checked out towards the end of that fourth quarter and the fact that they have been playing bad basketball, and I think that they're going to go That's out true. there and try to play some better basketball. And you got some some starters and even some bench players for the Clippers trying to solidify their role in their minutes with some new pieces coming into town, New rotation is going to be worked over, all of that. I think that we'll see some people get up for the Clippers in terms of scoring the basketball. It's just, will they be able to stop Milwaukee? And as of right now, Milwaukee's big three is in. If they stay in, I have no idea how they're stopping Milwaukee. So I'll go ahead and take an over for the game. 
and I'll just reserve player props until uh, I can see more of what yeah, I got you. That, Milwaukee that's, that's is going on, yeah, has going on. All right. Before we hit our lock and dog, I have to talk to you about the big game this weekend, Super Bowl weekend, and we have our big game bingo. Just make sure you subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Sports Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Go in the app, and you will be able to sign up and get your bingo card. $57 SGPN gift card is up for grabs if you get a bingo during the big game. And you also have big game SGPN prop contest, 57 different props to pick from. The winner will get $750 cash and a $750 gift card to the SGPN merch store all exclusively in our SGPN app. All right. Delonte, Lock and Dog, what are you doing, sir? Man, yeah, Portland going to be the lock. Uh, I, love, I love the way Portland's playing as of late. I uh, love their offense. Uh, like I mentioned, first in offensive rating. Don't like the trajectory of the defense for OKC. Uh, the spot is pretty bad for them coming off of that uh, somewhat emotional. I guess you could call it an emotional win in a hostile environment. Um, they've Allowed 125 plus in three of the last five games. So I think Portland's offense has its way with the Oklahoma City defense. Uh, I look for Dane to maybe score 40, 45 points um, tonight and lead the the Blazers land a three and a half um, for the lock. For the dog, I'm going with Utah. I mean, I just, we went over it. Um, we all know the stats about Utah. And I just think the number was wrong. Uh, it's turning down as, as we speak right now. So, I mean, we're on the right side of it. So I think you should go ahead and play Utah uh, plus seven and a half plus eight. If you can find it out there, um, even some sevens, like I would play it down to anything uh, that's over six. So like Utah, I like the spot, I like the matchup for them. Uh, I think they get it done um, on the road. All right. For me, my lock is going to be Sacramento Kings minus two and a half. Like the beam. This is seems like the perfect letdown spot. Like when it gets the Clippers, everybody thinks Luca is coming back. Luca and Kyrie are going to work together. And I do think that Luca and Kyrie are going to work together. I just don't think that everything else surrounding the game is going to be figured out in the first game, defensive matchup rotations, all of this other stuff. So I'm going with the Sacramento Kings minus two and a half for my dog. It is going to be the Charlotte Hornets going against Boston yet again. I, I found a four to one. I will take the Charlotte Hornets four to one to get it done over the Boston Celtics and what they haven't gotten done in a very, very long time. It just seems like a pretty good fade Boston spot where coming off of that seven Sixers game and a win there, even when they played some of their worst basketball all season, they still were able to go out there and get a win. This is for game number 40 and to be the first team in the NBA to hit 40 wins. feels like a little bit of a letdown spot for sharp for the Boston Celtics at home. Give me the Charlotte Hornets. Able to get it done. Maybe we get a crazy Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward return to TD Garden game. All right, everyone. Do I say anything else for people before we get up out of here? Chiefs money line, Super Bowl. Sorry, sorry, Sean. I'm sorry, brother. Uh, but Chiefs money line, Mahomes MVP. All right. I yeah, I am I'm on the Chiefs, but I have Travis Kelsey for my MVP. I think Travis Kelsey can have one of the greatest Super Bowls by a tight end in the Super Bowl. So I will go with that. Uh before we get out of here, let me just go ahead and run through these uh crossover props real quick. We have MVS receptions or heart in threes tonight. Uh, uh give I me heart in threes. Oh no, give me MVS receptions. MVS is 
been. I mean, you just never know a little bit. like who's gonna catch the ball. But I, I mean, you might be right. I don't know. I, I, that's that's a tough one. That's a that's a really MVS, really good one. MVS has four receptions. Harton has three threes. That's it. I'll take MVS receptions. That was minus one fifteen both ways. I assume. Uh, Tatum points, rebounds, and assists. Or total points in the Super Bowl. Well, I'm on the under for the Super Bowl, so yeah, I will too. take over Tatum points, rebounds, and assists yep. plus 185. I like that. Uh, let's see here: Tatum assists minus 130, or Goddard receptions at plus 100. No, like give me Tatum's assists. No, give me Tatum's assists. I mean, Goddard's like gonna have a good game, but yeah, Tatum can go. There's no, it's no Marcus Smart. It's no other, there's no Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum's going to have the ball in his hand all the time. He could easily have a 10 assist game here. And even if he has like eight, asking Goddard to get eight receptions, that's a lot. I feel like that's, that's minus one third cheating. Give me yeah, Tatum assists. That's a lot. Give me Tatum assists for a lot. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see here. Joel Embiid rebounds minus 130 or Hurts rush attempts. Yeah, I don't think Hurts are going to run a lot. So. Wait, but this is a beat versus Houston. This is an Embiid tonight. Give me a beat minus one. Oh, because oh, he could have, he could oh, have ten, say. and I think ten rush attempts is a lot for Hurts. Yeah, give me, yeah, yeah, give yeah, me a beat minus one thirty. John Morant, uh, points, rebounds, and assists minus one thirty, or Kelsey first half reception yard, receiving yards. Hmm. Ew, no, I don't even like that one. I wouldn't bet that one. I don't, I don't a, know. That's a good the, one. I'm not betting my one. first half receiving hearts. Yeah. I, I guess I'd take Kelsey, but just because it's plus money. But I don't know. I'm not betting that one. Braun versus Portland points, rebounds, and assists minus 110. Hurts rushing yards minus 110. Mm, I, I, I don't know. Braun has the I, scoring title. Why does he? I don't know. Braun has the scoring title already. Yeah, I mean, he could come in and not give a fuck anymore and just be chilling, but everybody Mm -hmm. else in the office do things. I'm going to go. I'm guessing that's plus 124. Hurts. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Hurts. If Hurts is plus money, I'm going with Hurts rushing yards. Because what if Jalen Hurts could have 60 rushing yards and he clearly won that? Yeah. You think he's going to run? You think he's going to run a lot? He doesn't have to run a lot. He just has to get a big gain here or there. Like if he mm-hmm. if he gets above, if he gets into the forties in rushing yards, which I think is very easily doable for him, this is not even close. Like, yeah, I wonder what the favorite is because he put two minus numbers there. I wonder what the favorite is because I really think Hertz should be a favorite. All right, let me see here. Last one: uh, Pascal Siakam versus Detroit points minus one thirty. Kansas City team total under plus. Uh, I'll take Siakam. I think Siakam's gonna score more. Okay. Yeah. Quickly went through some crossover props for you all. If you got any questions, just hit us up. You know where to find us on Twitter. Find us yep. on Instagram. Other than that, uh, make sure you are subscribed to us on YouTube. Make sure you're liking the video. Make sure you're rocking out with us each and every day. Appreciate you all and everything you do. Make sure you leave us a review. According to one of our reviews, you are cowards if you don't leave a review. So make sure you leave that review (laughs) and prove that guy wrong. Other than that, I really have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. But I'm going to end it like this. We are out of here.
Cause I'm gonna 